Alpha Wolves. Welcome to another episode of Alpha Podcast. Super excited to dig deeper into today's topic, the first DeFi 2.0 on Avalanche. I'm Great, your host, and with me is Tatcha, the CEO and co-founder of Alpha Finance Lab. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, you're doing well. Um, thanks for you know this time to really chat with you know the great projects on Avalanche. Yes, that's great. Guys, but before we get right into it, some announcements have to be made. We had Nipun, a co-founder and tech lead on our podcast last week, which she told us about the cool parts on AlphaX, which we will launch soon. So if you want to be pro at AlphaX and have not listened to that podcast yet, I hope you do listen to it. And if you have listened to it once, then listen to it again. Actually, Tatcha, I think I myself have listened to it two and a half times already. Because there's so much information to digest that every time you listen to it, you gain some new informations. Yeah, definitely, and and I think the especially with the new strike tokens concept, it's um, can take a bit of time to really grasp. Uh, but once you get it, it's it's super simple. Yes, but anyway, I hope you enjoy our last episode. Now, in this episode, we also invite three special guests from the gigantic Dex protocol firms, Trader Joe and Pangolin. Apologize ahead if I mispronounce your name, but first up from Trader Joe's side, Merlock, the co-founder of Trader Joe, and from Pangolin we have Leo Chen, the chief operations officer, and Ken Burberry, the chief marketing officer of Pangolin. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello, how's it going, guys? Hey, thanks for having us on. You're doing great. Yeah, thanks a lot. Looking forward to this. Now, Trader Joe and Pangolin are partners for providing farm pools to Alpha Humra V2 that we just launched on Avalanche Chain. For our audience, Tasha, do you want to give us a brief summary of what Alpha Humra V2 is and what it brings when launching on Avalanche? Yeah, so Alpha Humra V2 is a leveraged yield farming product with lending functionality. So if that you are, you know, uh, holding any assets that we support. You can use it to the lending aspects and earn, you know, yields. Um, this actually has a lot lower risks than leverage you farming. Uh, if you want more yields and and willing to take a bit more risk, right? Then you would go for the leveraged you farming route. Which in this case, we're working with, you know, both Trader Joe's and and Pangolin on this. And with leverage you farming on Avalanche, what that means is really low gas fee, right? I think a lot of people um, trying to uh, get on to Alpha Humor V2 on Ethereum and have experienced, you know, paying a lot of high gas fees, especially now where our gas price spike a lot, right? And I think this is the time where um, a lot of, you know, users on Ethereum or even, you know, elsewhere are looking on Avalanche, um, looking at Trader Joe's, Pangolin, and Alpha Humor V2 to be the place to maximize their yields. Yes. So if you have not used the platform yet, go check them out. The link is in the description down below. As Tatcha just mentioned the benefit it brings by launching on Avalanche, I want to hear more from your perspective, Trader Joe and Pangolin. Since both protocols allows users to yield farms, how is it better to do it on Avalanche compared to other chains? Let's start off with Malloc. From Trader Joe's perspective, uh, what do you think is special about Avalanche? Hey guys. Yeah, so, you know, Avalanche, you know, uh, obviously I think, you know, for a lot of folks that are checking out Avalanche for the first time, um, you know, they will notice that, you know, Avalanche, it is uh, a very fast uh, blockchain with very cheap transactions. And, you know, we have a growing ecosystem of lots of different uh, protocols and projects, some that are 
familiar from you know uh, Ethereum, for example, Aave, uh, Curve, and of course Alpha, but also you know some really new uh, native uh, projects here in Avalanche. Um, one thing that I think is special about Avalanche is that uh, you know I like to think of Avalanche as the emerging market. Um, you know, a, a lot of folks usually think about uh, other blockchains as you know uh, less crowded versions of Ethereum. But in fact, what I found is that many users here on Avalanche have never tried Ethereum before. And so, you know, we're as innovators and, and builders, it gives us the opportunity to, you know, deliver newer experiences uh, to users who, you know, may not necessarily have that kind of history, you know, DeFi history um, from Ethereum. So I think, that, you know, uh, aside from it being a very fast blockchain, but also, you know, it, it's a great space for people to innovate and try new things. What about from the Pangolin's perspective, Leo? Yeah, I think Murloc had a really good point that um, you know Avalanche is that emerging market, that place that new users can try DeFi. Um, I think the the two main things are the transaction costs and the speed on Ethereum. Um, it's a, the barrier to entry is a little bit higher. Uh, beginners could be priced out of that or afraid to try things, whereas on Avalanche, uh, transactions happen. Um, you know, within a few seconds, uh, they cost a couple dollars or less. And so it's very easy to experiment and just to learn DeFi firsthand for new users and experienced users. Uh, we have a great bridge here to get funds across from Ethereum to Avalanche cost. It was like $7 in the transaction fee to get here. It's very fast and cheap. And also just uh, the great projects and communities, um, you know, with Ethereum, you've got very established things, you know what you're going to get, but with Avalanche, you've got uh, budding and bright young communities and innovative thinkers. It's a great place to check out. I encourage everyone to come here and try the yield farms, definitely. What about you, Ken? Yeah, I think both of you raised some really great points about you know Avalanche and prospective DeFi users. Um, th there's one other point I guess I would add there that you know Ethereum at this point because of the gas fees uh, associated with simple transactions is just cost prohibitive for uh, so many you know people who are new to DeFi, and you know you already touched on how much avalanche um, can offset that and, and and be a really easy you know low barrier option uh, for new DeFi users but having been a DeFi user across many other chains there's also one other thing i would point out that uh, Avalanche has going for it as a really budding uh, emerging market. By the way, I love that concept, uh, Merlot, uh, because I think it's very appropriate given the ecosystem of chains. But um, the, the user experience on Avalanche uh, from a DeFi perspective is just so consistent and so easy uh, compared to a lot of other chains. Uh, there's a lot less complexity. There's a lot less volatility. Uh, what I I mean by that is um, the performance of the network is so consistent that um, as a DeFi user, you don't experience some of the things that, you know, are, are probably more technical in nature, but still trip you up on other chains. So uh, what I mean by that is, you know, stuck transactions, inconsistency of time to finality, um, you know, there are more, but without getting too technical, like these are things that that are, are really important because they make the difference between, you know, like uh, be it for, uh, a chain a chain's initial impression to a first-time DeFi user um, being positive or, or negative. So I think Avalanche uh, and the native um, 
Depths on Avalanche have done a really good job at making that you know user experience, um, especially for first-time DeFi users, really positive. That's awesome. So from what I know, both of you are also the first movers on Avalanche 2, speaking in the DEX protocol wise. Um, I know that there are so many chains out there with like low gas fees too. So what did you guys, what angle did you guys see when you started on Avalanche? Like, is it the community base or the market potential? Um, Ken, do you want to start off with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to add my two cents to that, but actually I think Leo might be um, the best person from the Pangolin perspective to answer because he's been involved in Pangolin from the very beginning. Uh, real quickly, I'll, I'll just give a little history, but like Pangolin was initially created by Eva Labs, um, you know, the creator of Avalanche, and then uh, at some point eventually transitioned over to the community. Um, Leo was part of the community along with... Um, our other core team members who initially, um, you know, worked with Ava Labs to take Pangolin over from them. So I'll, I'll let him answer this question. Sure. Thanks, Ken. And that's a great question. Great. Um, so from my perspective, uh, I want to offer my perspective as a builder and as a user, right? There's a lot of great layer ones um, apart from Ethereum. Ethereum is awesome, by the way. There's, you know, Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, Phantom, Avalanche. So so why Avalanche? And as a builder, what I look for is of support from the team building the network. Like if I get stuck on something, if I need help, if I need um, you know financial support as a builder, am I going to get it? And also just the professionalism of people actually building the network. Uh, Avalanche was created by uh, very academic people. You know, Eamon Goon um, was a professor uh, researching consensus and blockchains since like. 2008 or 2009, he's been in the space forever, and he he built this network. This was his vision on how to make the best consensus, and that's really exciting as a builder to see some you know people like that uh, building your layer one. And as a user, um, you know I'm looking for safety. I'm looking for teams that want to build cool products and not just make money. And that's the vibe I get on Avalanche is, is these great teams that want to innovate, build cool DeFi products, and it's a great place to be. And surely this is the same reason for Twitter Joe too. Am I right, Malak? Um, actually, I think yeah, you know our <laughs> our motivations were um, a little bit more practical, right? Um, you know, Trader Joe was started by myself and my co-founder uh, Cryptofish. Uh, Cryptofish, I think he was, you know, he's been around in in Avalanche. He's, he's a, an ICO uh, holder. Um, and so that was just something that he's familiar with. Um, actually, I'm fairly new to DeFi myself. You know, um, I'd say that I, you know, discovered DeFi maybe, you know, some earlier part of this year. Um, you know, I had not really had any, um, you know, Web3 solidity or any of this, you know, uh, experience before. My, my, my background is in product management. That is something that, you know, something that fascinates me about DeFi was, the fact that you know a lot of a lot of Silicon Valley tech is obsessed with trying to create you know really engaging community and social experiences, but this already hap this organically happens in crypto times one hundred, and so you know for for me like you know my interest was really like uh, where is the, where is the best place to do you know new experimentation. So for, for, you know, right out of the get-go, I think Ethereum, you, you can scratch that off the list because, you know, it takes like 
I don't know what, like four ETH just to deploy a contract or something on Ethereum mainnet now, maybe more, I don't remember. But that's a lot of, that's a lot of, you know, startup cash for like someone just to experiment um, in, in Ethereum. Um, and obviously in the, the newer chains, um, it's much cheaper for developers to try new things. And so I think, you know, when we, when we were, you know, trying to pick uh, an ecosystem, you know, we looked for something that uh, we felt had a potential to grow, right? So I think, uh, I think earlier in this year, people saw the meteoric rise of Binance Smart Chain, and then that kind of proved the thesis that, like, hey, there is, you know, there is space for more than just one chain, right? It's not a one-chain world. And, and then, so, and then our, you know, the way that we saw it was, well, um, Avalanche is, has, a, is a great blockchain, has all the right ingredients for, um, you know, a really thriving DeFi ecosystem. Uh, it was quite early and very nascent when we, start, when we started Trader Joe and we felt like, hey, this is a great place that, you know, we can be contributors for. Um, it, it, it had all the, uh, what we believe to be, uh, you know, macro, um, you know, uh, events coming in the future. So, you know, the bridge, we knew it was going to happen. Uh, you know, we knew that you know, Avalanche transactions would be cheaper at some point. Uh, we knew that the scalability uh, was something that was, you know, a, a, a bonus, like a strong a strength for Avalanche. It felt like, you know, it had all the macro uh, components, but also like as a builder, like the community was quite small and tight. And so, uh, it, you know, it it had it, it just seemed like the right place to, uh, you know, to do a startup, so to speak, right? Um, I would say this though, um, as we, you know, after we, you know, we got Trader Joe going along, and then, you know, Avalanche started, um, you know, expanding very rapidly, and we started having, you know, the, the other protocols from other chains come and look around on Avalanche and deploying their protocols, and a lot of guys would come and tell, talk to me, and they're like, hey, you know, you know, Avalanche is so nice. You know, like, and, and, and it, it, it sounds kind of corny, right? But like, that was something surprising to them. Like, hey, all the, all the devs and, you know, you, you guys all know each other and everybody's so nice here. And, but I think that's the one thing that's very special, uh, you know, about, you know, uh, the, the community here at Avalanche, right? And, and Leo can attest to this. I think it was not so long ago when um, we could, get all the builders and all the founders in one single telegram chat room. Like everybody knew everybody and there wasn't, and um, you know, there, there, there wasn't anything that we didn't know that was happening. Uh, nowadays though, there are like lots of things happening, like all these random coins and new projects that are started sprouting out. Um, and even, even folks that we consider like Avalanche OGs, like they can't even keep up with, that, with what's happening now. Um, so I think, you know, when we, when we picked it, like, you know, we knew like, Hey, the, the future is bullish, uh, but you know, it was kind of still cozy and small, um, really good place for, um, you know, start like a kind of a startup to, to build. Wow. Thank you for your amazing answers. We are really excited to be a part of Avalanche community as well. Alpha Finance Lab also agrees with you in these reasons as well. Uh, that's why we see so much potential in the Avalanche chain. And that's why we are expanding towards it. Am I right, Tatcha? Yeah, yeah. I think um, what I like about Avalanche, right, and I think that goes with, you know, kind of uh, what the other points mentioned, but I think it's one of the rare cases where the tech actually uh, works <laughs> well, right? And, and I think that goes a long way of how we think of uh, the long-term place of, like, where we want to grow because we also definitely don't want to expand 
um, if we don't believe in the long-term um, aspect of the technical side of things. Um, and the, the, the great things of Avalanche is, you know, the community is really strong as well. So that helps a lot too. Um, but yeah, I think from, from to add a bit more, you know, in addition to just Avalanche landscape, but I think the yield farming landscape itself on Avalanche is really great too, with, you know, both uh, great projects from, you know, Trader Joe and Pangolin um, being the two main decks and, and also having yield farming opportunities in which, you know, people provide liquidity, stake their RP tokens, to get more um, yields right, from the farmed tokens. So in this case, you know, we see a huge opportunity for Alpha Habora V2 to launch there and offer that leveraged yield farming opportunities uh, for people to just you know, unlock higher yields um, in such a low gas fee environment. Um, out of curiosity, before we launch Alpha Habora V2 and Avalanche, have you heard about leveraged yield farming before, Balak? Uh, so yes, um, you know, I've heard of uh, leverage yield farming. I actually tried Alpha Homora uh, or some version of it, earlier version of it on Binance Smart Chain. Um, these days, though, I rarely have any time whatsoever to, you know, play around with other protocols or um, do, you know, farming, so to speak. Actually, I don't even participate. I don't have time to even participate in, in IDOs. I always miss the, the timing and so on. Um, but definitely, I think, you know, yield farming is interesting, right? Le especially leverage yield farming. Because uh, one thing that we notice here in Avalanche, and it's probably true in all of the, you know, the, the L2 and sidechain, uh, is that, you know, folks here are yield maxis. Everybody loves yield. Um, and the cheap and faster transactions allow us, allow, you know, a whole cottage industry of yield aggregation and yield optimization for people to really, you know, really compound yield. And I think that's one of the, you know, the biggest uh, draws for people to come and check out DeFi, right? Like you look in your bank statement and you see that you earn like, I don't know, a dollar, like at the end of the month, if you're lucky. Uh, whereas in DeFi, everything has eye popping uh, interest rates. And so, you know, that's, you know, that's immediately, that's the, you know, that, that's, that's the dopamine effect for people when they try out yield farming. And then, and from there, um, they kind of start to experiment and, um, you know, try newer protocols. So for example, uh, Yield Yak is a, a household name here on, on Avalanche. Um, you know, they provide lots of, uh, you know, yield aggregation and it's, you know, it's a really friendly you know, experience for people to, um, to kind of just, you know, understand very quickly, like, hey, what am I getting? Um, and I think leverage yield farming, I think is a particularly interesting kind of um, experiment because, you know, it, this is something that's a little bit more complicated. Um, you know, it has the word leverage in it. And so people, um, a lot of users naturally, you know, have questions about how it works and also, you know, how the, you know, the protocol fees and so on will, will draw from it. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think, users especially on these side chains they're more willing to experiment right like the the friction of having to pay gas is much lower compared to let's say on ethereum and uh, and even in bsc too because i think in bsc now uh, a lot of these products are so crowded that the yield for you know individual users is not high and so you know i think uh it's it's definitely uh, interesting for people to try it. I think there is a great demand for more yield products um, and, and different kind of yield products. Um, 
And, and at the same time, like, you know, another question that could be is like, hey, how much yield is, you know, enough yield or too much yield? Like, do, do users feel like, you know, 10,000 is better than 1,000% APY necessarily, right? Um, so I think, uh, you know, the, the leverage, I've, I've been really happy to see some leverage yield farming uh, launch here in Avalanche and see like the market reception to it. Uh, I think it's, it shows that the, our user base are, uh, you know, have, are experimenting with new products. Um, they're also maturing in terms of, you know, learning DeFi and accepting more complicated DeFi products. Yes, that's true because we also reach 80 million in TVL in less than a week on Alphamara V2 on Avalanche. And um, so, Leo, any take on the leverage yield farming? Have you heard about it before? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, I think it's very powerful. Um, I think once you kind of discover DeFi um, and then you discover that while well, you can use collateral to take on um, leverage and then play with more DeFi, it's like a money multiplier, right? And, and it used to be like a manual process if you wanted to lever up your farming and, and then products like Alpha Homora came out and really streamlined that for everyone. And I think that's great because, um, you know, you guys make it very safe and easy for users. Um, you know, a lot of yield farmers don't want to be active managers. They just kind of want to set it and get their yield. And, and I think Alpha Hamar is a great product for that. But we're really glad to see you, you know, big name like that on Avalanche. It really, you know, kind of tells us that we are credible now, that we're, we've kind of made it on Avalanche. So really appreciate you coming here, talking to us and being active in the ecosystem. Yes, that's right. We also appreciate you guys too. Now, Alpha Homera V2 uses Trader Joe's and Pangolin farm pools. Surely it should benefit your protocols too. But can you elaborate on how Alpha Homera V2 has helped the Pangolin protocol, for example? Sure. So, you know, as a DEX, as an AMM, we want TVL to provide liquidity for swaps and we want volume, right? And I think Alpha Homera provides the, the TVL very nicely. Um, you know, people might look around and, and they might put their liquidity in various protocols looking for yield. And, and when they see that they can get very great yields with Alpha Hermora using Pangolin or Trader Joe liquidity as the underlying assets, uh, they'll come here and they'll use Alpha Hermora, which deposits liquidity into our DEXs, which facilitates the trades. And it's it's win-win for everybody. That's great. Um, we will definitely continue importing more pools from your side so that our audience can enjoy your farming with leverage. We actually just launched two more stable pools yesterday. Apart from the price, slippage risk, these pools are risk-free, so you can enjoy leverage yield farming on these pools without the fear of impermanent loss. So let's move to the next topic, guys. This goes out to anyone in here. What do you think is the future of DeFi? And with that, how are the future plans of your protocol suits that visionary? Uh, yeah, let me start. So I think we have a lot of usages in DeFi from lending side of things, from yield farming. Um, and if you were to call that, you know, DeFi 1.0, for instance, right? I think um, the DeFi 2.0 comes, in my opinion, comes from two angles. Uh, one is how do you unlock the yields of um, the assets that you have supplied? Um, whether you supplied on lending, whether you supplied on your liquidity pools, whether you supply to staking, right? So I think there's going to be, you know, the second layer of unlocking those yields of locked assets, right? So, so that would translate to, for instance, um, liquid staking would be, I think, the growth potential 
uh, for the locked assets on staking. Um, using interest-bearing tokens to generate more yields will be like more of the next steps for the lending side of aspects, right? Or let's say for Alpha Homework V2 case, uh, we use LP tokens as collateral. So what that means is even if anyone who who has provided liquidity to Trader Joe or Pangolin already, you can supply that LP token to Alpha Homora and lever up on your positions uh, without having to unwind uh, everything. So I think that's you know the first angle of, of where I see you know the next phase of DeFi is and, and where you know that fits into Alpha's vision, right? And then the second part I think is more on um, the hedging side of things because I think from from your know, DeFi 1.0, like people experimented a lot, right? And and we have a lot of, you know, large farms or like, you know, thousand APY. Um, and people also bear a lot of risks from that, be it, you know, impermanent loss, be it, you know, other kind of risks, right? So I think uh, the landscape and, and the general like perception now is looking for more of, you know, uh, solutions to hedge off their risk. Um, so I think there, there's gonna be quite a number of growth in um, like hedging solutions. So, so this also goes with the product that we have launched public testnet, uh, which is AlphaX, which offers more of the hedging side of DeFi. Um, so if anyone who has borrowed any other assets or if they have, um, you know, shorted assets somewhere else, you know, they can also offset that risk on AlphaX very easily. What about you, Malak? Um, any takes on the future of DeFi and the future plans for your protocol? Uh, I'll answer future plans on our protocol first. I think that's easier for us. Uh, we don't. We try not to think too much in the future because um, I think DeFi and this, you know, this industry moves fairly fast. It's pretty hard to predict too far into the future. Um, for us, I think you know there are two immediate goals. Um, the first one is to you know improve uh, token holder value. You know, so with Joe, like you know, our um, you know, we've, we now uh, run a, a DEX protocol as well as a lending protocol. And so, uh, you know, those two are both very uh, high revenue generating um, protocols. And, you know, we want to derive more value for our token holders. Uh, but what's interesting about um, when we do this is that it means that, you know, XJO, like that's our, um, so users, uh, Sorry, token holders that have Joe can stake their Joe tokens into uh, XJO and receive a share of protocol revenue. Um, and what's special about XJO is that it is revenue bearing, right? And this unlocks a whole new set of opportunities. So um, the way that we see it is, you know, first step, um, make XJO more awesome and, uh, you know, find more ways, better ways to uh, pass on the protocol revenues to XJO holders. Uh, but then plan B, uh, now that XJO is an interesting, you know, DeFi primitive, it is a uh, yield bearing asset and not just like from regular inflation, but from actual sustainable revenue. Uh, this then allows us to build a platform of, you know, uh, composability and, and potentially encourage other protocols to, to make use of, for example, Alpha Homora. Uh, you know, XJO is now an interest-bearing uh, uh, token. You know, there are lots of interesting things we can do with that. Um, so, you know, for us, you know, to, to you know, is first, you know, make XJO and, um, you know, increase the value to token holders and then plan B to, uh, to 
kind of build out a platform of you know other of, of other protocols to uh, build on top of uh, XJO. As for the future of DeFi, um, you know I, I don't try to you know pretend to be a fortune teller, um, but I only I can only think about what I see from recent trends. Um, from Trader Joe, what we've seen is that you know our you know our um, our user base is quite different from that of what most people um, observe in Ethereum, and I think this has you know a couple of reasons. Uh, first, Avalanche is just newer, and so you know it's a newer chain. They're doing you know more recent marketing. It has reached uh, a different kind of market compared to uh, and more recent users into DeFi, and what we observe is that you know the users here in Avalanche um, they are mobile centric, so 40% or higher of our total traffic is on mobile, um, and they also come from um, what we consider what you know is typically considered as emerging markets. So, for example, Turkey and Vietnam are top five in um, in, our, in in traffic, right? And this is interesting because this represents um, it's a whole segment of users that have always have only known mobile banking, mobile fintech, and now mobile uh, DeFi. And so I think um, the future of DeFi, at least for us here in, on Avalanche, is not necessarily about you know all the new tech. I think that will happen on its own, uh, but also the expansion and you know the maturity of the user base and, and our users. Uh, we are tapping into um, a whole set of users that uh, probably m m many, you know, many protocols on Ethereum have never, um, had, you know, uh, met with. And so, you know, we, you know, we have a new opportunity to educate new users and build new user habits. And I think they'll, and I think we'll, we'll probably start to see more interesting divergence of how people use DeFi on, you know, different blockchains compared to um, the bigger ones like uh, Ethereum and BSC. Thank you for your answers. How about you, Leo and Ken? Uh, any takes on the future of DeFi and your future plans for Pangolin? Sure, I can go first, and then um, Ken has some good thoughts too. So, you know, I think Merlot covered um, some good points about the retail side of DeFi, about mobile, about you know, people using DeFi and investing for the first time. Um, I think it's also uh, important when discussing the future of DeFi to, to discuss the other side of the spectrum, like the institutional money, the TradFi systems. You know, when you think about how much money there is in crypto and DeFi versus TradFi, you know, TradFi still has exponentially more capital that we want to move over into DeFi. Um, and so I think that's kind of about making these these funds, these firms, these projects with a lot of capital that want exposure, that want to yield farm, but just aren't comfortable, how do we make them comfortable, right? And so you have to think of things like, like insurance products, you have to think of multi-signature wallets, um, you have to make the UX very nice if you want them to interact with your app. Uh, you need to offer you know, derivative products because they're used to those advanced features. And I think that's gonna be a big next step in, in DeFi is how do we play nice with TradFi and get them to use what we have to offer here? I think Avalanche is well positioned for this in terms of their subnets. They can build out entire subnetworks, let's say for like a JP Morgan or a Chase Bank for them to use to transact on or, 
or just get some blockchain exposure in their tech. And that's really cool. Um, you know, as for Pangolin itself, what we have coming, um, you know, I think we recognize that there's a whole class of people, like Murloc said, that are coming and using DeFi. Like that's their first exposure into investing, into having their money somewhere other than a bank account. And we want to make that as easy as possible. So we have some big UX improvements coming for Pangolin to just make it very seamless because UX and DeFi is hard to understand. You know, you've got a MetaMask wallet, you've got these kind of interesting swap screens that aren't always intuitive. So we just want to make it very streamlined for these thousands of people coming into DeFi. And what about you, Ken? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think all of these are good points uh, that I agree with. I, I would summarize the answer into two uh, real simple categories. It's, uh, optimization and uh, utility. And what I mean by optimization is that uh, the future of DeFi on uh, Avalanche uh, and overall is now, you know, moved from chasing, you know, yield, uh, where, uh, you know, numbers rule the game to um, making it simple to do the same thing, but in more advanced ways. Uh, for example, whether that's using, you know, leverage yield farming uh, on alpha um, or um, using, you know, uh, a lending product like uh, which Joe offers, right? Or using the uh, real simple onboarding uh, ramp um, from Fiat on Pangolin uh, to, you know, buy crypto and get into DeFi for the first time using a credit card or Apple Pay. I, I think that optimizing all of those touch points for uh, first time new DeFi users that, um, are coming from a variety of places. I think Murloc pointed out a, a great insight into how um, there's this whole new segment of DeFi users coming um, from, you know, a mobile-only experience. And you know, we can look to history to to help teach us um, about that. Uh, when mobile uh, first got big in Web two. Um, there was an entire set of mobile only or mobile first users, and and that changed how uh, Web two um, we websites, designers, architects, uh, tech people had to design uh, the user experience um, as a result of that. And I think that you, this is the same thing happening within Web three, and it's all very very positive. The the second thing about utility, I think, um, is. Uh, an expansion on Murloc's answer, which is um, projects are looking really hard at their own token and their own um, reward system and trying to figure out how can we maximize the benefits to holders. And so um, that that's the, the next big category that I think is the future of DeFi is, uh, yeah, fine, there's a financial, really straightforward, easy um, way to look at the benefit to me if I'm holding this token and the price goes up, but what are all of the other ancillary benefits that I get by participating and being a holder of a specific token? And I think what you're seeing in the space, and this is true, not just in Avalanche, but uh, across all of the chains is um, a lot of innovation with respect to what those benefits could be. And, and I think we're really uh, in early days there, it's nascent, but um, it's encouraging to see that uh, how much innovation is going around, um, you know, what you can gain as an end user from BFI and a holder of a token beyond just, you know, the, the monetary value.
Yes, I totally agree with you all. Less than 10% of the population in the crypto industry and even smaller in the DeFi industry. So there are so many growth opportunities here. Anyway, that's great. Tatcha, Malok, Leo, and Ken, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Thank you. Great. Uh, hey, thank you so much here. for having us on. It's been awesome. Too bad that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that we all can join another podcast session together in the future. I'm sure that our listeners will learn so much about Avalanche Potential, Leverage Yield Farming, and the future of DeFi, and in particular, your amazing protocols. You guys are doing some awesome work. For our audience, thank you for joining us today. We'll be hosting this podcast bi-weekly. So if you enjoy our show, be sure to come back for our episode four. Until then, stay safe and let's shoot for the moon together.